there are plenty of leftist words that are designed to be hurled at people holding an opposing worldview or belief to avoid any conversation. The goal is that the non-woke will just shut up and go away when they're given one of these very bad, no good titles. White supremacist, racist, transphobic, Christian nationalist. Just a few examples of titles that I have personally received from the Wokies. So on today's episode, we want to focus in on one that was recently the subject of an entire statist propaganda media apparatus, and that is the conspiracy theorist. Yes, people with tinfoil hats hiding in their Faraday cage bunkers. But as we'll see, when they say conspiracy theorist, what they mean is conservative. And when I hear conspiracy theorist, what I hear is a rational and logical person who knows how to read and think for themselves. Maybe you're one of those too. It's December 7th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. As a reminder, our shows are produced by Liberty Coalition Canada in partnership with Christian Week. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. And a Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. As the year draws to an end, the opportunity to make a difference with what we're doing here is all the more urgent. And we would ask that you would consider in your generosity being a catalyst for change in our nation. We would uh, ask that uh, you would help contribute towards our uh funding uh, goal for the end of this year we are looking to raise fifty thousand dollars before year end so we would just ask that you would consider prayerfully adding us to your year-end donations uh, our chief litigator james kitchen has been busy with case filings you can check out various podcasts you can go to our website check out all the case filings that we've done so far to just keep an eye on all that we're doing for liberty and freedom in law in politics and media across our nation and your immediate support is essential to ensuring that this work continue. So would you please consider a gift of $2,000 to help support these cases? That would be amazing. Join us in our mission and your year-end donations can ensure that Liberty continues to burn brightly in our great nation. Head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. Scan that helpful QR code at the bottom of the page to do just that. Andrew, buddy, good to see you again. How how are you? I'm uh, I'm I'm doing well, getting all ready for Christmas time and finalizing plans and shopping's Excellent. mostly done and just enjoying and looking forward to Christmas with the little twins and their Christmas onesies. Yeah. It's been good. <laughs> That's it's it's a it's a new ways to celebrate Christmas that you guys haven't in yes. the in the past uh, several years. Yes. So, very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So today's episode has uh, made me think of an interesting mailbag question, and that Go is, for it. 
what is your favorite conspiracy theory that you you know actually isn't true right so not not what's your favorite conspiracy theory like bill gates was talking about population reduction in 2015 via vaccination because he actually yeah. said that in a TED talk. That's yeah, not we're, not we're not talking yeah. open conspiracies. Right? We're talking. There's, there's we're talking about things. conspiracy theory that's clearly like that's it's it's false, mm -hmm. and but it's just your favorite one that's false because it's kind of laughable and interesting. Can I give so, my answer? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Well, I don't know. Is it overstating it if I say it's false? I, yeah, often I'll wear the the shirt from our friends at resistance coffee with trudeau's faith face juxtaposed alongside of um castro's face that and may be true the, the resemblance is uncanny i will mm. just say that so whether it's true or not it is a hilarious meme my my favorite one it. is that obama is a lizard person I think that's my favorite conspiracy theory. Have you he's looked really at his, a lizard person. Have you looked at the neck, neck skin? The folds <laughs> and the neck. I know. Say. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, you know, let's get on. We got we got a lot to talk about today. But yeah, hit us up. Mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Give us your favorite conspiracy theory that's false, but it, it, it's just fun. You like to uh, to remark on it. You know, friends, just when you thought the COVID nonsense was behind us. The mainstream media is back at it with a new COVID scare and new COVID scare tactics. Some schools and hospitals have already brought back discredited mask mandates, including long-term care facilities in Ontario. And who knows what other mandates might be introduced. In turbulent times, make sure your hard-earned savings are protected and managed by people you can trust, people who share your worldview and economic concerns and know how to put their clients first. Call Rocklink at 905-631-5462 or send them an email, info at rocklink.com. That's link with a C. Today's episode is brought to you by the Legacy Media. Now, more accurately, <laughs> what I mean by that is the status propaganda arm has helped us to frame our episode by providing yeah, we're the not being funded. and the content. <laughs> by yeah. them. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, CTV News published a story a couple of days ago reporting that according to polling data from a survey of 1500 adult Canadians and 1000 adult Americans. So this is a minuscule sample size, obviously conspiracy theories are on the rise, especially among conservatives. Now the beginning of the article highlights their bias and lack of journalistic integrity. So see if you can see where they're going just by the opening words of the article. It says this quote, the earth is flat. We've been secretly contacted by intelligent beings from other planets. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin did not land on the moon in 1969. They may sound like bizarre statements, but a new poll suggests a sizable number of Canadians believe in these and other conspiracy theories. In all, 79% of Canadians and 84% of Americans surveyed reported believing in at least one of a list of conspiracy theories mentioned in the poll. In both countries, conservative-leaning voters were more likely to believe in conspiracies. And this is just a couple of paragraphs down. 32% of Canadians and 51% of Americans surveyed believe COVID-19 was created as a biological weapon in a lab. In the Canadian data, a third of those polled believe governments are lying about vaccines, but that number jumps to 45% of conservative leading voters. And there it is. 
if you question the COVID narrative or the efficacy of the jabs, you're just as kooky as flat earthers, moon landing deniers, or people who believe in aliens. They've Mm -hmm. just, they've, they've, they've conflated it together. It's a bait and switch. Now it's a sloppy one, but it's designed to undercut conservatives and our legitimate concerns. Now, before we move on, we want Mm -hmm. to show you a picture. Okay. So this is, this is, this is astounding. This is a picture of other news outlets that covered this survey. So obviously they're going to cover the survey and you're going to think every news outlet's going to have a different spin on the title and the wording, right? You tell me if this doesn't scream media control, which they would say makes me a nut job. To, <laughs> yeah. say, that, just, to say that the media is controlled. Them right, that's Andrew. <laughs> Look at this picture. Look at this picture. It's the same everywhere everywhere those are all taken from the articles national observer ctv news the toronto star calgary sun cp24 yahoo news microsoft toronto like it's the exact same which means every media outlet in canada was pushing the exact same story now this reminded me interestingly enough seeing this and the irony that they would say that we're conspiracy theorists for saying that the media is controlled and can't be trusted. And they 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 try to prove us wrong by showing us <laughs> the, the proof of that. But this mm-hmm. reminded me of a video that was making its rounds on the internet just a few years ago, and it's still just as dystopian. And this video that we're going to see is the video version of this story covering the survey from every single news outlet saying the exact same thing saying that we're nuts by saying there's a conspiracy among legacy media. Let's watch this video together. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about the trouble and trying to be responsible. One-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 
Who said it best, Andrew? <laughs> Maybe Obama is a lizard guy. I don't know. He's listen. He's not. He's not a lizard guy. But mm-hmm. anyway, well, like be- before we move on, I just want to say is- this, Andrew. We've talked about propaganda, and this 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 episode is largely going to be talking about propaganda. You're wearing an appropriate T-shirt uh, today to fund the CBC, but. Uh, we've talked about this, a propaganda text technique called jamming. And that's what's being done in this article that was shared by apparently every Canadian news uh, source imaginable. But I just want to say quickly, I'm disappointed in the Toronto Sun, by the way, for just parroting, because I know that the Toronto Sun obviously is not 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 bulletproof, but they've been pretty good. They covered the 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 Carrie Lemieux thing. The, the, the journalist found him not dressed up in his garb, proving that he was lying. They've been they've been fairly good on some of the COVID stuff. So I was very disappointed. Shame on you, Toronto Sun, who's been fairly good about stuff for just parroting the narrative. I was disappointed to see that. I just want to but, but make I sure mean, I get that out of the way. Let's let's be honest. You know, when when they the outlier is when they cover things well, not not the the other way around. Legacy media in Canada is a garbage fire, and what they're doing is they're engaging in in historically typical propaganda techniques called jamming. So, like you said, Andrew, they're putting those who um, have uh, alternative, mainly conservative views of what took place over COVID-19 and and the efficacy of the vaccines and some of the concerns like that. They're placing that alongside, you know, 9-11 denials, uh, people who believe in aliens, all these crazy things to create that cognitive dissonance in people when they hear somebody question the COVID narrative, they think of the most outlandish, crazy conspiracy theories that you possibly can. And this is a way to control, to psychologically manipulate those people by creating um, a self, what's what's called a self uh, terminate or a thought terminating cliche. So it creates in your mind an un, uh, uncomfortable picture, uncomfortable thought that then leads you to immediately shut down your thinking and then say to an entire group of people, this person bad, I should not question this as well. So that's what these types of propaganda pieces are there for that's their utility to the mainstream media and the mainstream media at this point is happy to help the regime and all of that so as i said andrew our our episode today is devoted to showing you with our listeners with receipts that our conspiracy theories so called have been proven true over and over and over again for almost four years now that has been the case the only difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth as we've said many times on this program is about six to twelve months first we want to examine the so-called conspiracy of our sinister state seeking to destroy canadian and western culture and civilization by erasing our freedoms how about just to begin, how about we begin with this disturbing, maniacal, and downright evil clip of Justin Trudeau speaking at the Ottawa Press Gallery, uh, doing his best impersonation of a stand-up comedian. Uh, 
again, Andrew, we want to provide everybody with the the typical warnings. We are about to play. Um, if you're a driving video from pull Justin over, Judo, yes, don't operate be heavy safe. equipment. If you're holding a baby, put the baby down. Sit yes. down. If you need to put on a helmet, if you mm-hmm. need to have your a barf bag, whatever <laughs> you're doing, take all the necessary precautions in case you you start convulsing and seizing. Yeah. Be very far away yeah. from any institution that does medical assistance in dying, mm-hmm. so-called. All of that stuff, you you don't want to be a part of it because mm-hmm. this is You've bad. been warned. This, yeah, is, this warned. is bad. This might be the worst. The Conservative Party looked at the Ottawa occupation. They thought, this is an expression of righteous anger and we must support them. But Liberals... We looked at a group of people with a written agreement to overthrow the government and we said, great idea, get Jagmeet on the phone. I myself spent a lot of time this year surrounded by honking and wailing. I don't know what their deal was, but the geese and loons at Harrington just wouldn't shut up. But I have to admit, I have learned a lot since 2015. Now, instead of having to apologize and take responsibility for Whatever it is, whenever something goes wrong, I adopted new approaches. Because yes, the summer had its ups and downses, and downs, and not just the bungee jump. We all remember my scandal at the Finnish embassy. Oh, actually, no, you don't remember that, because I got my hair cut that weekend. Of course, supply chain snarls and global inflation are hitting people hard. So we apologize if the meat was tough tonight, or if you chip a tooth on a bread roll. But I swear we will eventually have a dental plan for you at some point. Last summer, Pierre told his pal Jordan Peterson that he's a, quote, believer in using simple Anglo-Saxon words. I know, I didn't get it either, but I'm told it sounds much better in the original German. So we're clear here, just so we're clear, mm-hmm. our prime hypocrite just referred to the leader of the opposition, comma, this is the same prime tyrant who amassed for himself vast and vague powers by invoking the War Measures Act to do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. comma, just referred to the leader of the opposition as a Nazi. Mm-hmm. That just... Just so you know, and and that's, Andrew, that's the country we live in. Andrew, don't forget to add the corporatistic element of it, right? Remember when Freeland, his henchwoman, got all the big banks in Canada together to freeze people's accounts? Mm-hmm. You know, big government working with big industry to force an entire political point of view and destroy their opposition? Well... It turns out that's fascism, uh, Justin. Mm. And if you were at all smart in any way and you weren't just an actor playing a politician, uh, you would probably know that. Although I can't say that because apparently you guys all stand up and applaud uh, a Nazi when he's in your midst. So I don't really get it, but I just want to say, like, this is a more benign, but the spirit of it is the same, Andrew, uh, illustration of 
this is Nero when Rome's burning and he's just fiddling away, fiddling away. He's getting together in planet Hollywood in the swamp to chuckle it up and eat uh, delicious morsels with his best friends and uh, laugh at the expense of Canadian citizens. The, the derision that he holds Canadians in is just so unbecoming of a leader. And um, he truly deserves the title of prime hypocrite prime tyrant whatever we throw around he's well deserving to wear all those hats but anyways andrew speaking of the convoy how about the fact that despite media the media bombardment uh, to the contrary canadians gathered in ottawa for three weeks celebrating their freedoms without being violent at all something that the media was really hoping wouldn't be the case. Nevertheless, this comes to us from the post millennia. Uh, the prosecution in the trial of the freedom convoy figures, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber admitted Wednesday that the anti COVID mandate protest was quote unquote. This is their uh, th- words, not violent. We're not saying that the Freedom Convoy was violent, Crown Attorney Sia. So that's pronounced, that's that's a weird Gaelic name. It's pronounced Shabon. Shabon Wetcher? Is that Shabon Wetcher? Shabon, something like that. It's just Shabon. Shabon W. (laughs) Told the court, just always the hardest names. You you always give those for me to read. Anyways, Wetchard said uh, the Crown is arguing that there are limitations to all of those constitutional rights, such as the freedom of speech and the freedom of assembly. Quote, the actions of the demonstrators were curtailed by the criminal code because those were limitations. The lawyer merely referred to the protest as not peaceful. So it wasn't uh, violent, but it wasn't peaceful. But, so what was it? We're not going to say because we don't want to, we don't want to validate it. But again, Shabon, I mean, you're the attorney here, so you probably know some stuff about law, but whose onus is it to prove that uh, mandates, government restrictions are, appropriate uses of the limitations clause it's not our responsibility to do that so we have those rights granted in uh our charter um it's not a good document we've talked about it nevertheless people were exercising that right it's your job to prove that that's actually appropriate limitation as as rv oaks uh, would say but Nevertheless, you're saying that these protests are prima facially absurd because apparently this limitations clause was, in your mind, justified, but it has to be proven to be able to take away those rights. Nevertheless, here is just more nonsense coming from our mainstream media. Here is the total- a totalitarian article from, yeah, you guessed it, CNN, titled... It's time to limit how often we can travel abroad. Carbon passports may be the answer. Wonderful. As if we weren't talking about the fact that we're moving in this direction again. Another 
so-called conspiracy coming true. This is from the statists over at CNN, with whom the Canadian legacy media certainly agrees they are the bestest of pals. Uh, This comes from CNN. The summer of 2023 was very significant for the travel industry. By the pre-pandemic Uh, Sorry, by the end of July, international tourists arrival globally reached 84% of pre-pandemic levels. Just keep in mind, it's almost as if they wanted to use the COVID-19 pandemic to destroy the travel industry. And they're lamenting the fact that it didn't do that. In some European countries, tourism demanded even or sorry, tourism demand even surpassed its pre-pandemic level. This may be great news economically, but there's concern that a return to the status quo is already showing dire environmental and social consequences. Tourism is part of the problem. There you go. Tourism, part of the problem. Don't go on vacation, you idiot. You're killing the planet. The tourism sector generates around one-tenth of greenhouse gas emissions that are driving the climate crisis the crisis um the negative impacts of tourism on the environment have become so severe that some are suggesting drastic changes to our travel habits are inevitable it's so severe we don't point to its severity that we have to do something horribly tyrannical and it's inevitable apparently in a report from 2023 that analyzed the future of sustainable travel tour operator intrepid travel proposed that carbon passports will soon become a reality if the tourism industry hopes to survive why would that their survival be dependent on that because what the governments are going to cripple them if they don't comply that's what's being implied there the idea of carbon passports center on each traveler being assigned a yearly carbon allowance that they cannot exceed these allowances can then ration travel so that now, would so, assumably apply to everything that you do. Yes. Now here's unbelievable. So you, you you said the legacy media in Canada would certainly agree with CNN. Um, love CNN. We have, they love we, them. We, we have some pretty disturbing proof of that. Uh, proof that the Canadian status media is all about climate alarmism. They are they are on that electric train all the way to the end. It's ride or die for them. This is from True North News. Quote. Journalists affiliated with legacy media outlets like Global News, or sorry, Globalist News, and the CPC, the Canadian Pravda Corporation, demanded that newsrooms rile up Canadians to view climate change with the same urgency as a global pandemic or World War II. Golly, I remember people talking about that Guys, not that long Fetch ago. Guys, is not going to be a thing. Wow. Nobody wow. cares about it. Like, except yeah. for the crazy environmental lefties. People... <laughs> the long-term future of the climate is not on the top of people's yeah. list of worries. Yeah. So True North continues. One of the suggested solutions was for legacy media companies to feed Canadians with a quote, daily climate emergency, close quote, report in the same way that news companies did a daily COVID-19 update at the height of the pandemic. Mm, pandemic, climate alarmism, one like the other. Interesting. We've been saying that already. Quote, really, in the war, what was journalism? 
for what was journalism for except to awaken the world to the catastrophe coming ahead, which sort of feels apt for the president, close quote. Yeah, but not really. Article continues to rile people up to the threat. Globalist News climate change reporter Razavi suggested that reporters should abandon the, quote, archaic, outdated view, close quote, of objectivity in journalism. Quote, in newsrooms today, there is a disconnect between the younger generation of incoming journalists and the old guard, including with respect to the question of objectivity. I would say the lasting view in newsrooms still to this day is that objectivity rests on telling both sides of the story, close quote, said Razavi. Quote, that kind of archaic, outdated view is changing thanks in large measure, I should say, to an influx of BIPOC journalists, that's biracial um intersectional black, no no it's black, no, black indigenous, indigenous persons people of, of color, color. Yeah, yeah that's right sorry i'm confused okay <laughs> you, so you lost influx, you lost track right. of all these insane acronyms. yeah yeah so the the influx of bipoc journalists who are coming into newsrooms and really pushing us to think beyond that binary okay let's so cut, let's cut through yeah. the jargon Propaganda activists. Yeah, but it's where it's, it's what what this person from Globalist News is saying is we need to abandon objectivity in journalism. Mm -hmm. That's an archaic view. It's all about narrative and propaganda and riling people up and making them afraid. Now here here's so that's legacy Isn't that media. What we've been saying yeah, though. <laughs> that's legacy media. We're going to make people afraid and abandon objectivity in view of narrative crafting. So that's legacy media. And then we have this guy who's still wearing a mask at a COP28 climate summit in Dubai. This is lockdown advocate and Alberta NDP supporter, Dr. Joe Vipond, laying the blame for Canada's poor climate performance squarely at the feet of Alberta Premier Danielle Smith. This is a, like three days ago, they said that they were going to do the, uh, the Sovereignty Act to stop any kind of clean electricity regulations from being implemented. Clean electricity is how we get to net zero. If we don't have clean electricity, we don't get there. So yeah, myth, Alberta is a leader on climate. So let's be clear though, that Canada is not doing well because of Alberta. In fact, Alberta has had, uh, right now, has 38% of all of our uh, country's emissions, 38%. Um, and it's increased 55% since 1990. So we're failing because of our province. So the reality is we need to phase out fossil fuels. We need to transition to renewable energy and energy efficiency. And Canada is not going to achieve any of its targets unless Alberta steps up to the plate and starts doing its job, taking responsibility for its past inactions and start doing what's right. So I told my daughters I'm going because I'm scared. I'm scared because this last summer sucked. It sucked because of fires. It sucked because of floods. We are in big trouble, and unless we do something, it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. So, right, so listen, though. This, that guy this, who's, a, who's a crazy doctor. He's who, represents who the UN the, invites yeah, to these things. He, he represents really the health establishment. He's wearing that Unreal. duck He's wearing a duck mask. 
saying it's all going to burn. But here's the truth. We just we just read. We just read legacy media outlets saying this is what we're going to push. Yeah. This we're going to make propaganda. people afraid. We're going to we're it, it, we're going to make it seem like it's a war or a pandemic and we're going to abandon objectivity. So Again, the, what we're showing you here before we just get to this last video to wrap up this first section is that the conspiracy theory that our state is sinister and corrupt and seeking to destroy Canada and Western culture by eliminating our freedoms. Yeah, that mm. ain't no conspiracy theory. That's no. a fact, Jack. That's happening, right? <laughs> yeah. It's going on right now as we speak. And to show you a little, just a little bit more evidence, here's a video of Greg Fergus, the new Speaker of the House in Parliament, who is supposed to show the impartiality that's required to maintain the trust and the goodwill of the House, appearing at the Ontario Liberal Leadership Convention in his official robes and office. And boy, did we have fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun together uh, through the Ottawa South Liberal Association, uh, through Liberal Party politics, by helping Dalton McGinty get elected. Yeah. So, wow. Because well, obviously thought? conservatives, conservatives <laughs> who are in, in the House, who are in Parliament, are going to look at that and say, well, of course, he's going to be fair and objective and he's going to you know, fulfill the role of Speaker of the House with integrity. But he's not going to. Why? Because this, our state is sinister, and they are about the destruction of Canadian identity and Western culture, the squashing of freedoms, making us afraid and anxious by bombarding us with lies and propaganda. And again, that's not a conspiracy. That's true. We've well, shown you that's true. Andrew, for Fergus, it, it it's gets even worse because while this controversy swirling around, while they're in serious jeopardy of not passing their legislative agenda before the fall session of Parliament closes for the Christmas break, um, he made the controversy even worse by his actions. Instead of being there apologizing, showing that he's not a partisan actor, this is what he did. He went to meet the, the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, one of the most partisan, liberal, progressive politicians. in, And maybe, maybe a lizard woman as well. Definitely. That next skin <laughs> gives it away. But he goes to Washington. So he leaves the swamp of Canada to go to the swamp of the U United States of America to, to do a photo op with the former uh, House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, who is one of the most crass partisan political actors in the United States who shares the progressive agenda just further proving that he is not an impartial actor which nobody who has followed Fergus in his entire mm -hmm. career would have suspected that he would be he is demeaning the office and so much so that even the block is standing firm with the conservatives to say that he's unworthy of this job yep. time and, to and it's time to resign and the NDP are feeling the pressure because of how terrible this all looks to actually 
push him towards that end as well. So we're, we're looking at a Liz Trust type of tenure here for the new Speaker of the House after the Anthony Rota uh, debacle over giving the standing o- ovation and applause to, to a literal uh, Nazi. Andrew, this is the reality of our climate in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. The legacy media funded by our government regime is working hand in glove with our government officials to push propaganda on people to forward narratives and anybody who has enough sense left in their head to step outside of that narrative to think for themselves is summarily mm-hmm labeled a no good very bad yep. far right conspiracy theorist racist who should be put out to pasture that's yep. the climate that's being created here and it's all in the name of more tyrannical uh, political control by our government and i guess the one light at the end of the tunnel is they constantly prove us right andrew everything yeah, we're, not, we're saying they we're prove not us done right. we're, we're not done proving conspiracy theories we've got two big ones left before we're done the episode but before that what if there was a way to trade your resources and skills for whatever things you need and want without using money well that's exactly what we have with barter it a web app where anyone can connect person to person and barter with each other you don't have to keep track of who owes what and you won't get the headaches that come with straight one-on-one bartering just create your profile on the Barterit web app, offer up your skills or products to earn bits in your private wallet, and use your bits with anyone else in the Barterit community. $1 Canadian is equal to one bit for valuation purposes. Head to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter and click on Barterit for individuals to learn more and sign up today. Become a VIP and get $1,500 worth of perks and bonuses including 1,000 bits for only $197. Join the community, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter. What's the next conspiracy theory we're going to deal with, Matt? Well, next up, Andrew, we have the conspiracy theory of the intentional effort to undermine and destroy Western culture from within and from the outside as well. It's the inside outside. Play yeah, that sounds that, that, that definitely sounds like a xenophobic white supremacist Christian nationalist kind of thing. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I suppose uh, to, who's saying it, I'll, I'll wear that as a badge, even though most of it's t- horribly untrue. Uh, nevertheless, um, you know, when people say, Andrew, that progressives aren't coming for our kids and they mm-hmm. aren't pushing extreme an extreme trans agenda. Reality says otherwise. How about this video of kids playing soccer being forced to carry the new religious flag of our pagan moment uh, here? Let us cue up this clip. Oh, and for people who can't see, this is a, a group of. I mean, can I call them girls soccer? Um, it's a girls soccer team, both teams carrying the Pride Progress flag because that is the new religious flag that 
is celebrated at our sporting events. That's the new source of unity in our nation, right? Mm -hmm. That's what's being put forward here. So while on that topic of undermining Canadian culture, Andrew, we have another attack from the outside, and this is from the Post Millennial. So according to a top secret report, from the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, that's CSIS, a leadership candidate for a provincial party, a po- sorry, provincial political party, met with Chinese agents at a Chinese consulate in 2022 to secure secure their support. Journalist Sam Cooper reporting in the Bureau details how CSIS intelligent assessment from October 31, 2022 explored the many ways in which communist Chinese agents are utilized to influence leaders of the Canadian political parties at all levels. The classified document does not identify the candidate in question, but only calls him CA, I'm assuming for candidate number three. However, given the date range of the CSIS investigation, Cooper argues that the individual had to be running for either British Columbia New Democratic Party, BC NDP, or the Alberta United Conservative Party, since both had leadership races during that period. China has four consulates in Canada located in Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal. The issue of Chinese election interference has been prompted by other CSIS revelations that China was actively engaged in supporting the election of mostly liberal members of parliament in the greater Toronto area and could have helped Prime Minister Justin Trudeau win a minority government in 2021. But that's not it. We also have this from LifeSite News. Canadians learned last Wednesday from MPs that Yes, the Chinese Communist Party, the CBC, uh, CCP, sorry, um, I just confused them with the CPC, which is the CBC, which is a communist propaganda organization here in Canada. Never, n- never, nevertheless, I digress, that the CCP operated police stations in multiple locations in Canada, which allegedly, allegedly served to target its citizens abroad, but no one has been held accountable yet for allowing this to happen. As per Blacklock's reporter, the Special Committee on Canada-China Relations noted in a report to Parliament titled Chinese Communist Party's Overseas Police Service Stations that despite the CCP police service stations operating in three major Canadian cities, pardon me, there have been no arrests made. To date, no individuals have been arrested or had their diplomatic credentials removed in relation to the overseas police service stations. The committee wrote in its report, the police stations are currently being investigated by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the RCMP, including formal diplomatic protests to Chinese ambassadors. So So we're talking about significant infiltration, significant interference significant threats communist to Chinese our party. democracy yep. <laughs> from the communist Chinese party that is 
hailed by Justin Trudeau as being effective in their dictatorship to turn their economy on a dime. That's when all this information is brought to bear, when all this, oh, a lot of money and the foundation, yeah. when mm-hmm. all this information is brought to bear, he and his party laugh it off as saying you're being racist and anti-Chinese. And then when the pressure mounts so much so, he has to appoint his buddy and former Trudeau Foundation board member to look into it. But uh, then he doesn't do what Trudeau wants him to do. And so then he's fired by Trudeau. Not so you could say, oh, well, you know, they're trying their best. But no, no, no. We for a fact, we know that there is severe interference and real threats to our democracy coming from the outside. And what does the state do? Nothing. And they laugh at it because they're also committed, as we saw in the first story. Our mm-hmm. state is also committed to the destruction of Canadian identity and Western culture. So here's more, by the way. I want to talk about more from without. Mm-hmm. This is a video of NDP MPs calling on the Canadian government to enact a special immigration measure to allow for an expedited visa process to bring family members of Palestinian Canadians from Gaza to Canada. What what makes you think that they could possibly do anything differently in Gaza? Well, in terms of special immigration measures, it's entirely up to the Canadian government. The Canadian government can't make that decision right now. In fact, they could have made that decision yesterday. And so we're calling on the government to do exactly that. We've seen Australia. The Australian government has made that decision. They have brought in a special immigration measure to actually allow for uh, Australians to bring family members to safety. And they have allowed for an expedited visa process for them. So the Canadian government can do this. There is no justification for us to not do it. No justification? <laughs> There's no justification. You can't think of one <laughs> for bringing in even more people to Canada above and beyond the 500,000 that they want to bring in every year. No mm-hmm. justification for bringing in people without proper screening from a part of a world known for people who hate the West and want to see the West reduced to rubble. You know what I think? I think that the 50,000 people that gathered in the streets of Montreal and what they were saying is a little concerning. It might, might be also a justification. Be some, might be some justification to not do what, what these communists are planning. Let's watch this video here. What do you want? What do you want? What do you So there you you go. He's wearing the Hamas head headgear. We need justice for Palestine. Yeah. Right. We we need justice for from the river to the sea. Palestine will be from a terrorist terrorist group funded by a terrorist nation, destroying innocent people, hell bent on the destruction of the West. Now, do you think for a second, if that was, do you think if there was a Christian minister on the top of that building (laughs) saying, "Hey, the the tent." All of the Christians that are martyred worldwide, and by the Mm -hmm. way, every observable metric we can see Mm -hmm. tells us that no people group. Yeah, what about Nigeria? No demographic of people group in the world is more persecuted than Christians worldwide. Mm -hmm. Martyrdom, killing, arrests, torture, no one. Not trans people, not sodomites, not Mm -hmm. Jews. 
there's no demographic of people in the world that's persecuted more than primarily Christians. at the hand what of Islamists. Yeah. What if a Christian? <laughs> what if a Christian minister stood up there and said, "What do we want? Justice for who? All the murdered Christians who are murdered more than any other demographic of people group? Do you think they would allow that? Of course not. No, that Why? would be the obvious institution because of Christian from nationalism within, <laughs> from within. Yeah, yeah, but they're yeah, but they're okay with Sharia law. They're no, okay exactly. with Muslim theocratic yeah. nationalism. So both yeah. from within and from without, there is an intentional effort here, or through not doing anything, through omission and allowance of the destruction of Canadian identity and Western culture by other cultures and ideologies that would seek to destroy us and render us to dust and ashes. And the media, I, media in the state, they, 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 they give them cover. I just want to contextualize what's being said here because Canada allowed for this special immigration measure in the case of Ukraine and Russia, right? We, we, we lowered the standards for immigration for a bunch of Ukrainians who are fleeing the war that Russia... Uh, you know, the war of aggression that Russia did towards Ukraine. Um, would Canadians feel sanguine about the Canadian government giving special immigration measures to Russian nationals because the Ukraine is starting to push back and trying to, although failing, take occupied Russian territory? Would we feel sanguine about that or would that be potentially harboring nationalists who are of an aggressor state uh, who are committing, you know, violence against another nation? Canadians wouldn't feel sanguine about that. that the, the, there would be plenty of justification why that is an inappropriate measure. Yet that is what is being called for by the NDP. And their greatest source of authority that they can point to is Australia? Mm -hmm. That's their justification? Nonsense. But what do we think? Uh, uh, what else do we imagine uh, from these swamp creatures? Mm -hmm. Separating money from the state is a core tenet of Bitcoin's ethos, a permissionless network where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted exchange since 2013, is built around this ethos and leverages it in its mission to end central banks forever. At Bull Bitcoin, where security and privacy are priority, they take it upon themselves to help empower individuals with the most potent form of money the world has ever known. Head over to mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC today and get started with your account's creation. Contact Bull's best in the business customer support team at any point throughout the process to request assistance. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Take control of your money. So we have the conspiracy theory of a sinister state, which isn't a conspiracy theory because that's the case. We have the conspiracy theory of of the undermining of the West and Western culture from within and from without. That's not a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. So I'm just adding jewels to my tinfoil crown. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, we have my favorite of all the conspiracy theories, the endless reign of COVID terror in our lives. Now, anyone who still believes or parrots the COVID narrative is either totally committed to the grift or fully reconditioned by Big Brother and the Ministry of Truth. That's it. We're at this point now. 
you're in on the scam and you benefit from it, or you have been successfully recommissioned like Winston at the end of 1984 to love Big Brother sincerely with all of your heart. That's where we're at. And by the way, if I've spoiled the book for you, listen, it's still a good read. You should read it anyway. So with all of the information that's come out, it is overwhelmingly clear that everything our elites pushed was devastating. Everything. Let's start with the cost of the COVID jabs for Canadians and how that, along with other measures and mandates, has had a significantly detrimental effect on our economy. This is from LifeSite News. Quote, a neurology professor says that Canada likely paid the highest prices in the world for the experimental COVID-19 vaccines. On November 26, University of British Columbia professor Stephen Pellick joined pro-family and pro-freedom activists in Vancouver, where he discussed Canada's handling of COVID vaccines. Quote, so it was negotiated. Of course, it was a secret contract, quote, he said referring to the sale of experimental COVID vaccines in Canada. Quote, we still don't know what we paid per shot, close quote. While the official number is unknown, Pellick revealed that the Auditor General of Canada gave, quote, so the Auditor General of Canada, quote, gave us a clue and it was close to $38 per shot, close quote, for the Pfizer vaccine. This number is compared to the United States and Europe paying about $22 to $23 a shot. Quote, Canada has paid the highest prices in probably the world for these vaccines, close quote, he added. This also comes from LifeSite News. Japanese researchers said they found evidence of long-term heart damage in people who receive COVID-19 vaccines, including in asymptomatic patients, even though vaccine-induced myocarditis was thought to be rare, transient, and limited to subjects experiencing heart symptoms. Regardless of age or sex, patients who received their second vaccination up to 180 days before imaging showed a 47% higher uptake in heart tissues of fluorine 18 fluorodeoxyglucose, that's FDJ, an imaging agent than unvaccinated subjects. Higher FDG uptake was also observed in tissues outside the heart, including the liver, spleen, and the whole body and particularly in axial armpit lymph nodes. Earlier studies claim these effects disappear after two to three weeks, but Nakahara showed they last for up to six months. Six months. The endless reign of COVID. Andrew, that sounds like theory a conspiracy theory. I don't know. I yeah. bet. I don't know. What, oh, what, does, oh. what does Nakahara know? Yeah, what does Nakahara yeah. know? Sci science? No, thank you. Yeah. We have the narrative, okay? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let the narrative get in the way of the facts. Ah, Andrew, how about this gem from the Western Standard? The Department of Public Works, for the first time on Monday, admitted that it took a risk by providing financial support for a vaccine factory located in Minister Jean-Yves Duclos' writing. According to BlackLock's reporter, doing great work, good job, BlackRock's, taxpayers incurred a loss of $150 million dollars. That's public debt. That's a lot of money. <laughs> we took a risk uh, of putting contracts with various suppliers for enough vaccines for all Canadians, said Joel Pequette, Director General of Public Works, the, of the Public Works Department. At the Commons Health Committee, Pequette commented on subsidies to build a 
Medicago Incorporated plant in Minister Duclos, Quebec City constituency. The plant was never finished and no vaccines from Medicago were ever delivered. The ownership of taxpayer-funded research returned to Medicago's Japanese parent company, Mitsubishi Company, or Chemical Group, pardon me. This comes to us from Marianne DeMossi Substack. I and others have reported on the exaggerated claims made by vaccine manufacturers about the benefits of COVID-19 vaccines. In November 2020, for example, Pfizer published results in a press release claiming its mRNA vaccine was 95% effective against COVID-19. The statistics uh, was widely cited by politicians, academics, and the media. Oh, I mean, that. That's right on brand for our episode. Several weeks later, when details of the trial were published, it became evident that the relative risk reduction of 95% corresponded with an absolute risk reduction of only 0.84%, a far more conservative number, which was never publicly promoted. It's almost as if they had a narrative that they wanted to push and they weren't too worried about the actual uh, science and the actual research and the actual testing. The way in which the statistic was communicated to the public was likely to have distorted people's perception of the vaccine's benefit and increased their willingness to be vaccinated. It's almost as if that was the end goal, not public safety. I also wrote about how Pfizer hid its data on waning immunity. Regulatory finding, filing showed Pfizer had evidence early into the vaccination campaign that its vaccine uh, efficacy waned, but the company waited months before alerting the public. Pfizer would not explain why it delayed the publication of its data, but if the public was told about the vaccine's fading efficacy at the time, it would have hampered the uptake of the vaccine. These deceptive practices are now part of a lawsuit against Pfizer. God bless those who yeah. are doing that very Good thing. For you. It's, hap it's happening in Texas, I believe. So I need to, I have to explain, people might be wondering what's the difference between relative risk reduction and absolute risk reduction. So I, I yes, came upon explain. this probably about a year and a half ago, I was reading an article from a statistician and someone who's in the medical field, and they were talking about this saying, okay, Andrew, the relative risk reduction. This sounds, so, yep. this sounds like a conspiracy theory. I don't, exactly I don't want to hear it. it. I, don't yeah, want... I, didn't, I didn't read it on the CDC website or get it from, <laughs> get it from global, so pretty much. Um, but yes, the relative risk reduction is 95%. Uh, but what they didn't advertise was the absolute risk reduction, which, depending on the three shots, averaged out to be about 1%. I can't remember which was which. You had Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. And the absolute risk reduction was either you know, 1.2, 0 0.8, 0 0.7%. So what's the difference? Now, relative risk reduction is the, the, the rate at which they say the vaccine reduces your risk of getting sick relative to another group in the study. So you have 200 people. 100 people are given the actual Pfizer shot and 100 people are given a placebo. And then they'll see who gets sick, who doesn't get sick. And what they'll say is 
the 100 people who took the shot, here's how many of them got sick. And the 100 people who didn't take the shot, here's how many of them got sick. And one group relative to the other, in this case, the vaccinated group relative to the non-vaccinated group, they would say that the shot was 95% effective at preventing the vaccinated group from getting COVID compared to the unvaccinated group. Now, before we go any further, I'll just say that doesn't take into account waning efficacy, which we know is the case. It doesn't take into account the long-term effects of the jabs with you know myocarditis and blood clots. It also doesn't take into account what we've come to know, which is that people who get repeated shots actually have COVID and they get it for longer and they get worse symptoms of it and they're more likely to actually get it again unlike people who've never received the shot. So we know all that now, and maybe Pfizer knew a little bit of that initially, but so that's relative risk reduction. Group A, you get the shot, there's a 95%, 95% effectiveness at not getting COVID than the unvaccinated group. But here's the problem. I don't care what the risk reduction is one group relative to another. All I care about is the risk reduction that I personally received given my age and demographic and health compared to the deadliness and the infection rate of COVID in general, right? Relative one group to another is relative to me, especially when given the way these studies works, both of these groups, I'm sure were full of very healthy young people. And so it's going to skew the numbers. I don't care about one group relative to another. I care about me relative to the virus itself. So this is where you have the absolute risk reduction. Now, the absolute risk reduction is how much getting the medication provides defense or reduces the chance of me not getting sick. So one group relative to another, getting the shot reduced the risk of one group by 95%. But the absolute risk reduction was more like 1%, which means, according to the initial Pfizer data, which now that we've seen the effects, the long-term effects and the side effects and the consequences of the jab, it's way worse anyways. This is this is all water under the bridge. But even if we went by Pfizer's own numbers, the risk reduction for me to get a COVID shot was less than 1%, which means the likelihood of me dying from, the likelihood of me getting COVID and surviving was 99.997% roughly. If I were to receive the COVID shot, my likelihood of surviving COVID would go up to 99.998%. That's what the absolute risk reduction means. That's what we're talking about. So an experimental unknown shot that we know has countless side effects that's destroying hearts and killing young people. What we know now is that if I personally 100%. got the shot... But it's 1%, but when that translates into survivability, it only ends up being 0.001%. Yeah. Like it's a fr so what I know is that if I get the COVID shot, it will protect me at a fraction of a percent because that's the absolute risk, which means statistically, and this is, what's, this is why they don't publish this number, statistically, Pfizer's own data showed us that anyone getting the COVID shot the actual pr protection that it would provide or the way that it would reduce the risk of you getting and dying from COVID was basically zero.
Yeah. Now, when you compare two groups, it's a high number. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the shot did nothing. And time has proven this mm-hmm. because in June of 2022, 85% of all people in hospitals and in the ICU with COVID were fully jabbed mm-hmm. people. And we seen the they UK. They stopped tracking it at that point. In the UK, we saw that around the mm-hmm. same time, 85% of all the people dying with COVID. Yeah were fully yeah. jabbed people. So we know now that it did nothing. And worse than that, it actually made it worse for you by weakening your immune system. So we know this without a doubt. Andrew, this sounds to me like a conspiracy theory. Pretty much. It sounds to me like what you're saying is the governments around our world took a concerted effort to push an experimental gene therapy on the entire world population that literally statistically did nothing nothing and has and they've had to basically spend the the most money ever seen by god or man uh shut down all the economies of the world basically destroy people's lives and health for a long term um, and use that now as the entry point and the 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 training ground for things like climate change and everything that was all done for basically nothing nothing yeah it did it did it didn't it didn't serve any positive benefit it didn't actually protect anyone uh it it just it just really it it, it's essentially it, it gave Western culture now, a Andrew, facelift and it changed our, our, our civilization forever. Andrew, are you going to lead me to believe that on top of this crazy conspiracy theory that you've just posited, that also these, these crazy big pharma companies who gained insane amounts of profit because of all of this, are you going to tell me that they made a, a secret pact with with the government to avoid liability for doing this but it wasn't a secret pact it was an out in the open pact in fact we were told that they would be free from liability up until 2027 we were told this uh, we were told to the face of it there'd be no liability which is why <laughs> to date less than a dozen canadians have actually received reimbursement for jab-related injuries. And when I'm talking jab-related injuries, I'm talking the extreme, like someone got the jab, and then within a week or two, they were paralyzed. That mm. person's been reimbursed. But the, the number of Canadians that have applied for vaccine injury because of the COVID shots is a massive number. And I think All the number no of Canadians... Effect. Yeah, and I think the number of Canadians who've actually received reimbursement or who have actually won money for their claim... I think it's only five or six. It's less than a dozen for sure. Mm. It's a minuscule number. So, Andrew, all of this is to say (laughs) what sounds like a conspiracy theory is often true. And Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, and we've brought the receipts in this episode, that things that our mainstream media would want you to believe are conspiratorial are in fact the reality of the situation. And they throw those words out because they want to shut you up Mm -hmm. and they want to diminish the facts that you would bring and the the true reality to bear. Mm -hmm. And they want to dissuade you from speaking up and actually doing the work 
of being a dissenting voice. They want to they want to quash that. Where what you need to do, friend, is you need to say, no, I'm going to continue to research and read and study and do my own work. I'm going to continue to speak out against corruption and injustices, and I'm going to continue to talk about what's actually going on, and I'm going to do so in a way that's considerate and kind. I'm not going to smack people over the heads, right? Loved ones who are deceived, mm-hmm. but we're but don't don't self censor, don't don't stop proclaiming what is true, don't stop bringing it to bear. Don't stop shining a light on a lot of the evil that we see. Hopefully you can help wake up more and more people to what's going on. And I think it will happen. I think the worse that things get and the more and more we see corruption abound and the devastation that is still coming. Mm -hmm. I didn't even share. Someone shared a picture with me showing Western or countries in the world, their actual math scores that that, and we see a there's a direct connection between countries that had the worst school closure lockdown policies compared to those that were more lenient Mm -hmm. those countries saw devastating results in kids math scores so we we need to speak out against the evil we need to continue to speak out against the corruption don't Mm self-censor and uh continue to align yourself with like-minded people who will encourage you and who will continue to affirm your quest for truth and Mm -hmm. your shining a light on evil that's my takeaway for today. And that's what we're all about here at LCC. And toward that end, Andrew, we have an initiative that is launching in the new year. Can you tell our listeners about just that? Yeah. So every year on the anniversary of Bill C-4 becoming a, a law in Canada, the bill that said that the Christian beliefs of marriage and sexuality are mythological and stereotypical and harmful, and harmful mm-hmm. we have told the state, no, thank you. You have no business in the pulpit and you have no business defining sexuality. So we will break your evil law and we will preach on biblical sexuality and God's biblical sexual ethic. To the glory of God and for the good of our church, because we know that the gospel and the word of God is powerful to change lives. And even the worst sexual sinners can hear the word of God and be converted to Christ in faith. And so we, we preach biblical sexuality on the second or third January, the third Sunday of January, depending on how it falls, so that we, one, let the state know you have no authority in the church and in the pulpit. Two, so that we preach a message of hope for those who are enslaved to sexual sins that they can be freed from them in christ and that the word of god is powerful to transform even the most heinous of sexual sinners so if you are a preacher join us on sunday january 14th you can go to our website libertycoalitioncanada.com and under our initiatives you can click on biblical sexuality sunday to find out more you can also email me churches at libertycoalitioncanada.com if you go to a church and you want to encourage your pastor to join Send him this episode, send him the link, send him the information on our social media. We actually have a promo video that we've put together. So encourage your pastor to join. Join if you're a preacher. Join if you're a pastor. Email if you have any questions. And then after the fact, when you head to that website, you can submit your sermon, a link to it, your church name. We're not going to publish that information publicly, but it's for us to have our database so we can track with people year over year. And Lord willing, we will see more churches faithfully preach a biblical sexual ethic and more lives transform for the glory of God and for the good of humanity. And this, by the way, is one of the ways we push back because the state would say our belief that a biblical sexual ethic is normative and preferred. I'm sure they'd call that some wild Christian conspiracy theory. 
And we would say, no, that's the truth. It's how God's designed the world, and we're going to proclaim it, even though you have put laws in place against it. So join us on the tw- on the 14th. And the reality of it, Andrew, is lives have been transformed by the ordinary preaching of God's extraordinarily Absolutely. powerful word. Um, and the spirit of God has worked on people's hearts to transform their lives, uh, to, to call them forth out of this crazy sex death cult that we've talked about and into a life of righteousness and faith and holiness mm-hmm. to Christ. And that's the beauty of pastors speaking into our cultural moment with a hot gospel that can convert uh, sinners through the, the work of, of the Spirit in their lives. And it's it's for that reason that God's given us his great gospel of freedom. And it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Till next time. Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.